a Radio 191 FM podcast. Right now I'm joined by Professor Brendan McCain from the Department of Computer Science. Morena to you. Good morning. How are we today, sir? I'm not too bad. Good, good. Welcome to Radio 1. Right, you're in here because tomorrow you're giving your inaugural professorial lecture entitled The Rise of the Machines. Um, pretty scary way to uh, name a lecture there, Professor. Yeah, I am not sure that that's a very great title coming to think of it it's a bit as everyone's told me it's a bit clickbaity yeah it is hey but that's what you want right well yeah maybe <laughs> yeah well i saw it and it certainly made me click on it uh yes you're here so that's tomorrow um what does it mean to I'll begin with this what does it mean to have your inaugural professorial lecture well you know in the academics life what, what is this moment you know, you've you've done your undergrad, you've done your postgrad, you've you know you've 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 got all those things, and then you do your research. But I mean, this must be a big moment. Um, so yeah, it's a bit scary actually, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, you know, all the big, uh, big, big guys will be there. <laughs> Some of them introducing me. Um, yeah. I don't know. I haven't really thought about it that much. I, to be honest, I probably prefer not to give one. Oh, that's what you all say. <laughs> I have, <laughs> I interview um, many people doing these because um, I mean they're fascinating, and it's uh, like I said, it's a big moment. Um, you know, we get to talk about people's you know academic lives, which I think is quite interesting. And and, and everybody says I would rather not be doing this, mm. but you have to. You've got no choice. Yeah, that's uh, right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So essentially, well, let's talk about you. What you do? What do you do? Essentially, what, what is your research? What What are you looking at? What are you looking at at the moment? Um, so a few things, I guess. At the moment, um, the big focus is on self-learning robots. Yeah. Um, we. So the idea is to. You know, a lot of the stuff that's done so far is you. If you want to program a robot, you program it for a specific task and you mm. tell it exactly what to do. And these are a bit brittle um, and they don't generalize very well. So if you move it to a new environment... It Think of a car plant with those big machines. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. So they do very specific things. And then you've got um, sort of very limited types of robots like Roombas. They run around, but they're just doing random things, basically. Mm -hmm. um, not especially clever when um, you contrast that with what people do and people are pretty damn capable in many many different environments and you don't really get that with robots you can't put the same robot in a bunch of different environments and expect mm. it to do reasonably well so I guess that's what we're trying to aim for quite a ways away from that yet. So you want to work, essentially make it work out to do almost the same task but in a different environment, is that what you're saying? Um, yeah, and just be able to adapt to different environments. So there's a whole bunch of different stuff that goes on in the world that we, as people, we don't really take notice of. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, and it's all it's all sort of filtered by our brains into the background and we, we don't. And so it's very hard to get computer algorithms to do the same they tend to take notice of every damn thing yeah yeah so um filtering out the unimportant stuff is uh probably the the chief task mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah um so i mean i guess if you're looking at imaging 
uh, of um, a, skew, a human skeleton, you want it, it to ignore certain parts within that, but it might take in the whole image. Is that right? Yeah. So, uh, so if you're looking at, so X-rays are a good example, I guess. So if you, or if you've ever seen a um, like a baby scan sonar yeah. scan, if you ever look at one of those as a you know, parent or your partner's pregnant or you're pregnant and you look at one of those, you know, I can't see a damn thing in that. Mm -hmm. But the expert looks at it and says, oh, there's the toes and the... the yeah, the, it's amazing. Yeah, and I the got belly an, button. And I got an ultrasound done recently on my gallbladder, which is now gone, um, and I'm like, what are you even looking at? What is this? Yeah. Oh, there's the thing there. There's yeah, the stone, yeah, yeah. right? Like, what? Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, so it's picking out the important bits and ignoring the unimportant bits. Yeah. So that's what the experts have learned to do. Yeah. And that's um, kind of what we hope to get. What? And when we say self-learning, um, not to scare people, we're not talking about self-awareness. No. Yeah. No, no. no. <laughs> it's the scary bit. Yeah. Although that's happening. Um, what is deep learning? Right. And, you know, what is it, how does it work? Okay, so deep learning um, so is based on things called neural networks, artificial neural networks, which are very loosely based on um, how brains work which brains it consists of a bunch of neurons, they compute simple things, they're all connected up together. Um, so the, the basic neural network just has an input, what's called one hidden layer and an output, mm -hmm. and that it effectively just co computes a function, some sort of function, which could be a mapping from images to labels of things in the images, or it could be, um, you know, even a regression function, just computing something doesn't really matter uh, <laughs> deep learning is just when you've got more than one hidden layer yeah um, and it it's taken off recently in the last I don't know seven seven years or so and not before then I mean there were a couple of things that changed one of them was simply the computing power became available to train them and one of them is a bit of a technical thing that's not especially interesting but yeah. has made it possible to train them so the the problem is training these things so you need a whole bunch of training data yeah um, and all the training does is modifies how the functions are computed a little bit but it can't do it it's very limited in the sort of things it can learn it because of the way they're set up those little tiny bits are really important though, aren't they? yeah so little if you if you imagine um, a very small change here can make a big change at yeah. the end. Yeah. It's a bit like the, man, not really, but a bit like the butterfly effect, I guess. You yeah. Think. So small changes to the input can make big changes to the output. Yeah, indeed. How fast is the technology developing? And I mean, are we even keeping pace? Um, so it depends. I mean, I, so there is a lot of um, angst that, the moment, mm. I guess, about um, computers and AI is going to come and take all our jobs. Yes, that's um, right. Some people think this is a bad thing. <laughs> well, it depends if we get universal income or not. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, so, assuming there's a good way of redistributing income, it doesn't sound too bad to me. People could go off and do things they really want to do rather than the work that they have to do. Yeah. But um, in any case, um, there's not a lot so I haven't seen a lot of evidence that this is actually happening. So what tends to happen is they, it certainly affects 
very specific um, industries or careers. Like yep. some jobs will disappear. Hope and the hope is that others will appear. And this has been the the way things have always happened since the industrial revolution. Like, and this affects individuals yep. badly sometimes, but um, society tends to to absorb that and create new jobs. But it, it seems to me when it comes to that, though, most of the jobs that are lost are lower income jobs, medial task jobs. Yep. And, and, and those people are already kind of, you know, at the bottom of the rung, hard to find another job. Yeah. So it's really going to affect them. And also the way capitalism and society is structured, we don't really like to take care of them either. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, a former, so, former freezing worker, I remember when Scott Technology came up with the with the boning machine, yeah. with the boning robot, and everyone was like, holy hell, what's going on here? And that was, just, that was a while ago now. Yeah. 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 Scott Technology robots are pretty damn scary. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't want to get too close <laughs> to them. Big knife. But yeah, I mean, I guess uh, that's a bit of a worry. But then again, um, you know. Yeah, so there's certainly questions that need to be um, uh, answered in terms of how we deal with that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it's been. Steady, well, it looks from where where I'm looking. I guess it looks like steady progress rather than great big changes. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that. Are we looking at any big breakthroughs on their way? I mean, because um, sometimes you see videos online. Who was it in the states with the was it Massachusetts or something? It's got that buddy robot that walks around and can do flips and jump over. Yeah, that's uh, Boston Dynamics. Oh, Boston Dynamics. Yeah, that's the one. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I, right, I got the right state. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they probably did come out of MIT actually. Since mm. they're at probably, Boston. Yeah, no probably. doubt. It's MIT. It's yeah. like yeah. Um, so yeah, they um, actually, interestingly enough. Uh, Boston Dynamics recently released commercially their one of their dog robots called Spot. Oh. So it's small. It's about the size of a big, relatively medium to big dog. Yeah. Um, they did a demo on on stage live, brought Spot out, and it just did a, had a spaz attack. <laughs> I mean, it just went berserk. <laughs> Fell over, yeah. did a few loops. Um, so, did it get confused? Like so many I, people around? I don't know. I, I don't know what happened. It just sort of lost control of <laughs> its ability to walk. Um, <laughs> and I think that so they're the leaders in terms of the physical robots. I think yep. Boston Dynamics definitely the leaders. A lot of those demos you see online are very canned, so they just program. You know the the flipping robot they program it to yeah. do that particular um you know parkour task yeah and to 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 get it put it in another environment it mightn't be quite so good so they're 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 very good at the low level hardware and locomotion stuff mm -hmm. but i don't think they've i don't think they're even trying or cracking the sort of higher level thought processes um but there is a lot of real-world real world application at the moment. And you've worked on facial recognition before, is that right? Yeah, done a little bit of facial recognition. Yeah, so it's um, it's actually it's amazing how these things get into our lives and often in ways you don't um, think is going to happen. So um, in about 
the year 2001, so face detection, there was a demo at a conference that I was at, um, and they showed face detection working live on the audience in real time, and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And now it's in everybody's phone. Yeah. Probably yeah. the back probably the same algorithm and it's been in people's phones for quite a while now so but you don't think as you're doing it that that would probably be the application yeah yeah no 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 No, exactly well i saw i saw a venture capitalist the other day and he was saying that he had a a beta test on on his phone and that he could put it up to anybody's face and find out everything he wanted to know about them right personally on his phone funny enough it was ashton kutcher (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) He's got a lot of money in tech. Yeah, of course he does. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's got a lot of money in tech. Um, but that was kind of freaky to me. And it's like, why has he got that in his pocket? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, that that seems like. I mean, why would why would I can understand why? Well, I mean, whether they didn't, but places like Chinese police force and well, any police force around the world would want that technology and needs that technology. But I mean, if he's got a beta test just on his phone, it's like a phone app. Yeah. What does anyone need that for? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, so the the one thing that'd be really useful if you could, so as long as they didn't know you were doing it, it'd be if you could just quickly take a photo of someone's face and it just tells you their name. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forget my friends' names. I I can't remember names to save myself. (laughs) Terrible, too. Forget my family half the time. (laughs) What are some of the um, limitations that we're trying to um, overcome at the moment? What are some of the things that you're doing um, to advance the work, I guess, as well, at the moment? Um, So, uh, yeah, so I guess the limitations as... I see it. One is the general generalizability and sort of continuous learning. So at the moment, most applications are done. There's this learning phase, and you've got a whole bunch of training data, mm-hmm. and the learning just happens sort of offline. And yep. then when if you want to build an app from that, you take the results of that learning, you put it in your app, and then nothing gets learnt after that. Yeah, That doesn't really work for, like, robotics or things that it, you want to be adapting all the time mm, mm. and so there's this there's a um, a lot of work going on at the moment in how we can do that yeah. continuous learning lifelong learning if you call it because I guess if it's in your like if it's in an app I mean if it wants to continuously learn it needs a lot of data right yeah so in the apps is not so bad because you can do you can offload the learning to a server somewhere and that's usually what happens so there's not all the the recognition stuff is not happening on your phone. I mean, it is for photos, but yeah, for a lot of the other stuff, it's happening off on a server somewhere. But if you've got a robot, like you want to help a robot in your house, it probably needs to do stuff itself. So yeah. it's um, adapting all the time. Otherwise, it's dropping cups and running into people and all sorts of things. Um, yeah. So that, I mean, but I mean, obviously, some people are skeptical and scared <laughs> yeah <laughs> um you know i mean can can we guarantee that things eventually won't um i mean they won't be, be able to become self-aware until we create something self-aware right so nobody really knows what self-awareness is yet so um it seems unlikely to me uh, but we don't know like there's still arguments about how humans and animals 
uh, self-aware. So mm. there's not really a known mechanism for it. So um, it's a bit of a stretch to think we could create something that is. Se- we I guess it's possible we could create something accidentally, but it seems very very unlikely. Well, I mean, we were created accidentally. Self, you know, we self-evolved. I guess everything self-evolves. Sure. Um, yeah, I think if if there was this feedback loop that might be more likely but I think the more likely thing to me so at the moment um, the AI and machine learning stuff is very good at narrow narrow domain problems yeah. so every single narrow domain problem that has been looked at seriously usually we can get the machines to do better than humans so this works for recognising faces or picking up cancer and cancer images you know, mm-hmm. sort of imaging um, uh, playing various board games like chess and Go. Oh, Deep Blue. Uh, Deep Blue, yeah. <laughs> so that, was, that was a while ago. <laughs> it was yeah. just a while ago. Uh, but more recently, AlphaGo with um, Go and um, even playing um, particular versions of poker. That, um, but these are very narrow, narrow domains, right? Yeah, so yeah, the yeah. kind of the, the space is very constrained. So what I think is more likely than a self-aware, general, intelligent robot is it something with a whole bunch of very good narrow domain things that would probably be indistinguishable from someone who's self-aware and smart, but is actually not. Yeah, yeah. So it might look like they are. It might look like they are. And we ascribe um, um, agency to all sorts of things. Yeah. That don't have it yeah so it doesn't need to have very much behavior to already be ascribed agency um even rocks and things (laughs) biggest selling pet for a while um fantastic well finally what's your favorite thing about what you do what do you why do you do it why do you love it um i think it's the learning all the time yeah so personally yeah, yeah. Stuff, not just having the, the computer learning. I mean, it's pretty frustrating a lot of the time because yep. never nothing ever bloody works. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's a stimulating environment because you've got you got students coming in all the time, and mm-hmm. they have different ideas to what you do, and it just I guess keeps you keeps you young ish. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming in today. It's a pleasure to have you here. You're welcome. Um, so the uh, inaugural professorial lecture is tomorrow night, uh, 5.30 through to 7.30 at Moot Court in the yep. Richardson Building. Yep. Uh, and it's open for anyone to get along. Yep. So head down a couple of minutes early um, to get a seat. Um, it should be great. Well, once again, uh, Professor Brendan McCain, thank you so much for coming in this morning. It's been a pleasure. Okay, thank you. All right. It is- that was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.